Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movie and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Time Cop, the Jean-Claude Van Damme actioner based on a comic book. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and this one, this one's amazing to me because I remember when this movie came out, uh, at the time, Jean-Claude Van Damme was like one of the biggest stars on the planet. Uh, and I was, uh, ad- I was an avid fan. And despite my comic book fandom, no idea this was a comic book property at all. Me neither. Honestly, I had, I had no idea. This film still remains Van Damme's highest grossing film as a lead actor. Wow. This That's is funny. still a big deal for him, a film that came out in 94. We recently reviewed Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson, and it was whilst doing prep for that, which is also based on a Dark Horse comic series, that I realised that there was all these other films and Time yeah. Hop being one of them. So I said <laughs> to you, hey, maybe we should do time cop because i mean this is episode 148 of sounds like comics and this is the first time we've reviewed a jean-claude van damme film (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean i'm with you yeah i had no idea this was based on on a comic yeah and it's it's very it's fairly typical of the Jean-Claude Van Damme fair of the era. I mean, you could basically go for a checklist. Does he do the splits? Check. Does he, is he a, uh, a cop or army guy or something of the like? Check. Does he it, have a twin or does he appear to have two different appearances within the same film? Long hair, check. short hair? Check. I mean, the, I, I would say this film, more than most of Van Damme's films, you're seeing all his tricks. You mentioned yeah. doing the splits. Not, it doesn't just do the splits. It does the splits in the air using appliances and he's resting because there's something below him. He's doing the high kick, like the scene yeah. in the mall at the beginning of the film. Yeah, hold himself up and the guy is going to roll a blade right into his foot. So it doesn't just grab him. He stretches. <laughs> Again, he's doing every, pretty much everything you've seen Van Damme doing films. He's doing all of them within this film. But I've got to say, this film is, is a lot of fun. I mean, even after finding out that it's based on, on a comic, I've still not gone back, although I am curious. But what I did find, though, that the, the story... For this film by Mike Richardson and Mark Vierden. They're the guys from the comic. The comic was drawn by Ron Randall. So I guess they've gone to the guys that would be best suited to tell this story. Time Cop originally appeared in the anthology comic, Dark Horse Comics of course, published by Dark Horse Comics. And 
this film is the first instalment in the Time Cop franchise. The film stars Van Damme as Max Walker, a police officer in 1994 and later a US federal agent in 2004, when time travel has been made possible. It also stars Ron Silver as a corrupt politician and Mia Sara as Melissa Walker, the agent's wife. The story follows Walker's life as he fights time travel crime and investigates the politician's plans. And as I said earlier, this film does remain Van Damme's highest grossing film as a lead actor, his second to break the 100 million barrier worldwide. Although met with mixed reviews, it is generally regarded by critics as one of Van Damme's best films. So this is a film that had a budget between 27 and 28 million. Looking at the box office, 101.6 million. So for him, as the lead actor, that is a big deal. It is a big film. And again, here we are, 2022. 1994 was his biggest film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interestingly as well, uh, whenever I think of this movie, I actually think of an episode of South Park where there's a Walmart in their town and it's like got a personality of itself, like it's cursed um, and it's sending all the, the local businesses out of under because everyone's going to Walmart because it's so much cheaper. Um, and Cartman's like, like, like you can get three copies of Time Cop for just twelve bucks. And he's like, yeah, but I can just buy one copy of Time Cop for eight dollars. He's like, yeah, but you can get three for twelve. He goes, wait a minute, I don't even want one copy of Time Cop. It's like a little inside joke, but it's the thing that always stuck in my head because I mean that episode is not from the nineties. That episode's from the two thousands, but. I, I just remember, I think it was after this, John claude Van Damme's movies, I feel like they went, from my recollection was right after this, they all started becoming like straight to VHS and they weren't going through the cinemas anymore uh, like they were at this point. Um, ah, except for the one with Dennis Rodman and Mickey Rourke. Double I team. think it was double team. It was double team. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I still love. I think it's a great movie. I remember, I think it was a VHS double bill of Double Team and Maximum Risk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another movie where he had like long a long hair mullet. Apparently, the when he when he has the mullet in this, the inspiration was Wolverine. That's what they okay. were looking at. And yeah, that's Van Damme wearing extensions. So when you see yeah. him for the most part with the shorter hair, that's what he that's what he really looks like at the time when not wearing extensions. You know, I've just yeah. realized so this film came out in '94, the same year as Street Fighter. <laughs> A big year for him. I mean, it was, wasn't it? I mean, Hard Target, directed by John Woo. We've mentioned, you know, Maximum Risk, Double Team. And I reckon as soon as you got into the noughties, outside of The Expendables or The Expendables 2, 
he wasn't on the big screen much. He made that movie, didn't he? JCVD, which is actually yeah. where he's yeah. playing a version of himself. And you have that moment where the movie pauses. The movie pauses. And then it's almost like you're watching a play and he's talking to the audience yeah. about the mistakes that he's made. You're like, wow. But anyway, let's talk. I, let's talk. Let's talk. Nineties, <laughs> Van Damme, and here he is as Agent Max Walker, and he carries his film well. He really does. Yeah. We said already, he's got a bag of tricks. All of them are very much on show in this movie. But it's a lot of one-liners. A very lot nice of one-liners, act. stunts. So it's very. Although it came out in ninety-four maybe 80s, early 90s, you know, whether it's yeah. Arnie, Stallone, Van Damme, you're getting, you're getting the one-liners. I mean, here in Australia, this film is available for free on SBS demand. There is ads, you've got to put over them, but you get to watch the movie for free. And I've got to be honest, I press play for the first time in years, and it doesn't start in the present, it starts in the past. Yeah, and I'm like, is this the right movie? Now, I this, yeah, it is. I remember because it's such a striking opening. It's you're like it's the Civil War. You have Confederate soldiers walking down the road with a wagon, and a guy stops them, and then and you're like, what am I watching? And then he pulls out well, at the time with futuristic machine guns to gun them down and steal the gold. Um, and then it jumps to present day, the, the you know the present day of 1994 time travel, which here in 2022 is laughable that they would come up with <laughs> such an advanced technology back in 1994. But still, uh, what, the thing on the on this watching of the film, man, does it like just get to it quickly. Your opening scene, the introduction, the explanation of what time travel is, that it exists, and that they're setting up a, a police agency to uh, stop incursions that could disrupt the timeline. All that happens in, it's, it's, it's got to be 10 minutes. I don't think it goes much more than 10 minutes. And, and, that's, and then you get Van Damme and his introduction and his wife Played by Mia Saro, who everyone will remember from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, she's the the chick out of the three. Oh, <laughs> she's whoa. Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. I didn't realize that was her. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah, I, because having watched this, I'm like, whatever happened to her? I don't remember her for much else. She her first movie was Legend with Tom Cruise, the George Lucas written film. Uh, right. And she was 17 at the time. Uh, James Cameron directed, by the way, and said if he'd known that she was only 17, she wouldn't have been cast. He found out after she'd already been cast on like the first day of filming. Um, then she did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then this was her, uh, her last big film before her career basically crumbled. And she's apparently hated it because the legend... She was significantly younger than everyone else and felt like isolated. 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off was great because at least they were all together on set. Um, and although she was the youngest, it, she, it was closer to the time age. And she was, and this was the last movie that she had an enjoyable experience and not long afterwards gave up on acting. Oh, right. Like retired. But yeah, like I, I was like, man, this one girl looks familiar. Who is Mia Saro? Why does the name stick oh, out? Yeah, and then there you go. Looking at it, I'm like, wait, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Oh my God, she's she's the girlfriend. Yeah, Ferris yeah, Bueller, I have I have seen. I've not seen Legend, uh, but that was Ridley Scott, wasn't it? Ridley, Ridley Scott, Scott did, or James Cameron. It was Ridley Scott the that did Legend, them. and Tim Curry played the, the villain. Devil. Yeah, the devil. Yeah. Um, she was Sloan in Ferris Bueller. I had a quick look there. Oh, yeah. I love that film. I didn't realize that's that's who that's who it was. You should probably say the director of well, talking about directors, the director of Time Cop is Peter Hyams. Yeah, who he's done he has done like a quite uh, a repertoire of big films. Um, he's done sudden death. He's done a lot. Sudden death again with Van Damme. Van Damme so that's that's when he's times. a security guard in the yep. ice hockey game. Um, the <laughs> two thousand one sequel. Yeah, the two thousand ten, the sequel to two thousand one was him, which was a big project of the, at the time. Uh, he the Presidio, very very famous, um, a film with uh, the main guy from. NCIS and Sean Connery. He's he's a new he's a San Francisco cop. The Presidio is the army base in San Francisco. Uh, he used to be, be an, uh, an officer there and was kind of uh, thrown out because of some disciplinary issues. Sean Connery is his girlfriend's father who's like still an up up uh high-ranking officer there but there's been a murder on the base grounds so it has to be a joint investigation between the san francisco police department and the military police um but yeah it's a very highly regarded film but it was massive it was a massive film it's still to this day it's like one of those people call them dad movies but it was, uh, he, he, yeah. If you look at his IMDb page, the guy's worked on a lot. He's done of, like big films. He's, yeah, he, he's done a lot. I'm not familiar with that one, but he did direct the science fiction thriller Outland with Sean Connery. So yeah, I guess that's two times they've worked together. Um, he directed the action comedy Running Scared with Gregory Hines and <laughs> Billy Crystal. Yeah, I mean. He's done a lot. He directed the horror film The Relic. He directed oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger in End of, End of Days. Days. So you're right. This guy has done so much. But it's worth noting as well, this film was actually produced by Sam Raimi, who, of really? course, directed Darkman, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. He's back working with Marvel again with Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness but yeah sam raimi produced this film wow um also shout out to the guy who did the music mark isham who 
was the composer for Crash, for the film 42 about Jackie Robinson, um, The Accountant, the Ben Affleck film from a few years ago. Oh, that was good. Uh, God, Godfather of Harlem with Forrest Whitaker. I mean, his credits are incredible. And the 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 theme that's when they move the credits roll on the start of this movie is quite atmospheric and I quite enjoyed it. Um, it is does feel of the time, but uh, I'm not going to deduct points for that because it's a movie from the 90s. Like It's the kind of tone you're looking for. It's kind of like a, an atmospheric. Um, there is a theme to it, like a, like a driving thing, because it's an action movie. Like There needs to be some pacing in there. But, yeah, I um, as soon as I pegged the sort of talent, the films this guy had been on, I made sure to keep my ear out for when the movie started. He works in a variety of genres, including jazz and electronic. So I was curious, like, what else has he worked in? Because you're right, you've, you've, you've mentioned some good credits there, but we also need to mention Point Break, <laughs> Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, and a movie we've reviewed on the podcast already, Blade. Oh, Blade. Nice. He did Blade. So just like wow. the director, the composer has has done a lot. The use of special effects in the film and how they show time travel, you have that fun sequence where he tracks down his previous partner who is in the past and is using his knowledge of the future to benefit himself where his Max turns up, he's like saying, hey, we need to take you back. He's falling out the window. He gets stopped. People are freaking out down below. Conversations have had, but then he's reset back in the falling position. He falls to his death. Yeah, and it's uh, 1929 on Wall Street, the Wall Street crash. So it all fits in terms of uh, oh, people wouldn't be suspicious of this. It was commonplace at the time, or at least that's how history would have you remember it. I think I've seen a video where they explained not that many people actually jumped to the deaths, but it happened enough times that it became like a meme in and of itself. I think like maybe a dozen total over that whole period, but that's it happened in quick succession to be the point of, like, yeah, from for future reference, that does not allow windows to open in skyscrapers. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, the pace of the film, I've already mentioned, they kind of s- jump through quite rapidly. Uh, so much so, one of my criticisms early on is anything that comes to personal relationships that's not his wife, or the antagonist, the senator, is kind of like, uh, uh, I don't care about this character. Uh, specifically, his his boss, uh, Matt Tuzak, played by Bruce McGill, who, as soon as I saw him, just made me think of The Last Boy Scout. He's Bruce Willis's friend who gives him the job who then gets blown up at the start of the movie. But you're told that they have a good relation, uh, a close relationship uh, when he gets back from that mission 
capturing his old partner and he's in he's like you haven't moved on from your wife she's come around the wife misses you she'll make her goulash next time you see him uh after another mission time has been altered and although he remembers him as an agent it's boss employee relationship no depth at all and then he dies there and then when the movie ends it's all kind of wrapped up neat and he's back alive again but when all that happened no emotional connection to these at all because they moved at such a pace to get to the meat of the movie there was no time for me to get uh, emotionally invested in any of these side characters yeah i mean i I can see how this would be financially his most successful film it is a fun film but you're right yeah at 90 minutes everything needs to happen at such a quick pace the setup within the first 10 minutes and then it and then it's off so there's not enough time i guess to to build on those actual relationships and at the end of the day they're making a time travel movie they've got john claude van damme who could do the splits he could do the high kicks and that's going to be the movie yeah and that is the movie that is the movie that we get but the performances are what they are. This is Van Damme's movie, and he does that thing well, and he's doing it here. But yeah, they do make, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah, it, it is a tight ninety minutes, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah, and they they do one of the things slightly meta, especially for 1994. When he first steps into the movie, it's you're seeing uh, the the face of his wife looking at clocks, like "Oh, ominous!" He's about to join a time travel agency, but also he's doing some cheesy lines to his wife. Uh, and then as they walk off, she makes a comment about like his English is bad. I was like, "We need line of dialogue about this because." We can't hide the fact that his accent is what it is. It's uh, it's going to be hard for some viewers to pick up exactly what dialogue he's delivering. Um, yeah, I just found that funny, but very typical of a Van Damme film as well. It's almost like they're dropping a verbal asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, we, we know some audiences may have difficulty, but we're explaining why that may be, just in case. Yeah, even though he's got the most, like, typical American name, you can think, Max Walker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing, like, if you'd given him a French surname, like, like or something Canadian-sounding, you could have written it off, because uh, although he's, uh, is he Belgian? The muscles from Brussels. Yeah, muscles uh, from uh, Brussels. I, I have not heard that in over 10 years. <laughs> not heard yeah. that in such a long time. But yes, that is what he's known as. He's from Belgium. Yeah, uh, who speak, I think they speak three languages in Belgium. One of them's French. I think the other's German. And they also speak English, which is like a trade language 
because the people who speak French speak refuse to speak German. The people who speak German refuse to speak French. So they both had to learn English to communicate. I know people who've worked there, and it's like a f- f- kind of like a funny little cultural melting pot. Did you ever see that um, Prime Video show, Jean Claude Van Johnson? No, I always meant to check it out because the premise is so interesting. Well, it's basically it's Van Damme playing a version of himself. But the reason why he would make these straight-to-video movies in European countries is because he was secretly there undercover. Yeah. <laughs> so he'd, he'd be there to make a move, but really he'd be going on top-secret missions. Ah, it's pretty yeah. fun. It's great. It's okay. Great. It's concept. I mean, in fact, does it... Uh with Sam Rockwell uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind where a famous uh, game show host from America's 60s and 70s um, it was his claims he claimed to be secretly working for the CIA that whole time but you know, actually his career took off but they didn't stop using him because he had a a personality type which was rare that could adapt to becoming an agent um great movie but yeah it's it's almost like someone took that concept and like and just ran with it like which yeah it's it's it works so well on paper did you watch it what was it like yeah no it works as a series i mean initially amazon they were doing like these one-off pilots like the tick with peter serfinovich that was one. It was a Zombieland pilot. And John Claude Van Johnson was another one. And he got picked up for a full season. I watched it. It's decent enough. It's on Prime Video. But anyway, back to Time Cop. The <laughs> film was followed by a TV series of the same name, running for nine episodes in 1997 on ABC. It starred... T.W. King as Jack Logan and Christy Conaway as Claire Hemmings. No Van Damme. Van Damme yeah. did not come back for the TV series because, of course, he still had his film career. Although, a direct-to-DVD sequel, Time Cop 2, The Berlin Decision, was released in 2003. Still no Van Damme. This was starring Jason Scott Lee, and Thomas Ian Griffith, and directed by Steve Boyum. In 2010, Universal Pictures announced a remake of the film to be written by Mark and Brian Gunn. The film, which was originally based on a comic, was adapted into a two-issue comic book series of the same name. There was a video game. Are you familiar with the video game? From the 90s? It was released on the SNES in 95. I remember it coming out. I may have played it, but there were so many of these games getting pumped out at the time because it's not like video games these days. Uh, For anyone who's listening and doesn't play video games, it's not strange now these days for video games development to be five years or more. The super large titles like... Uh, 
Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto. Um, also big things like a God of War or uh, the Mass Effect series when those were being made. Those had seven to nine years. In fact, I think Cyberpunk 2077 was a seven-year thing. And people still say it was rushed. It should have been eight or nine. Uh, back then, they could churn out a game in under six months. Wow. So it was big. It was a big thing at the time for them to get the licenses for tied video games to a movie because it was IP. And with that kind of turnaround, they could hit it inside the launch window of the film. Problem being, right. it was taken, they were given scripts of the movie, which of course, between script phase and shooting and editing, a movie can change dramatically. And there's no guarantee you're investing all this time and money creating a video game for a movie that could be a flop. Uh, and I mean, this this movie wasn't. This movie did pretty well. But when yeah. you're talking about video game adaptions with barbed wire, they did have something in active development. The movie didn't do as well as they hoped. The video game was scrapped. I didn't realize. So back in the nineties, like a six month turnaround. The video game that's that's pretty quick, especially as you say, compared to today's standards. But back yeah, in the nineties, um, whether it was comic books, this movie, TV series, a direct to DVD sequel, and and actually as well as that, uh, a series of tie-in novels by author Dan. Parkinson were published between 97 and 99, but they featured the character Jack Logan, who was the character from the TV series. So, this is more to adapt because they had more screen time, like nine episodes. Saying, and, yeah, well, that's fine. But at the same time, like so in the 90s, this movie and to this day, the biggest film of Van Damme's career that he headlined. It's just weird that they're staying away from the character of Max Walker and they're going to focus on Jack Logan. And you're right, you know, more screen time in the TV series. But, but yeah, you go for the known moving, quantity. Yeah. Moving away from Van Damme for some reason, but, you know, Time Cop is definitely something that they tried to make happen i mean it was a comic first and then a movie and then they wanted it to be more whether it's a you know a dvd sequel tv series novels but there's been no talk of time cop in quite a while but i've got to be honest it works as a as a fun concept like the movie does work it's fun you've got van damme doing all the stunts the one-liners Time travel, but okay. Let's let's rate it. If you're going to rate this movie out of five, I'm going to come in at a three out of five. Um, no, I know exactly what I was getting into off the bat. It's a '90s action film. 
uh, there's nothing deep going on here. It's as, as, as we've already mentioned, it's introduce concept, get backstory out the way and get done within the 15 to 20 minutes. Like they want you on the way. Uh, so the action, Van Damme was a big star for a reason. What he does, he does great. Uh, very entertaining, fun to watch. I love cheesy one-liners. I can't help myself. Like the dialogue throughout this whole movie might be quite cheesy, even the things that aren't supposed to be cheesy. But that's part of the course from a 90s action movie as well. Um, some of the performances slightly stilted. I think Ron Silver was a really good villain. Like uh, he's smarmy and like slimy when he's playing his younger self um, and his older self's a psychopath. Like he's such, he's, he's got, he's got great presence for what he needs to be. Um, there are some horrible haircuts. Like I'm thinking of his <laughs> goons yeah. that are in the start of the movie and in the final confrontation at the end but again it's the 90s and that was they're looking for something edgy giving how things were already going in the 90s like what would a uh, an intimidating goon from 2004 look like it's 10 years in the future uh, but yeah it's fun it's it's a grab your popcorn grab your drink sit down turn your brain off and just just enjoy um it, it is very efficient like there might there might be some expositionary dialogue, but that you they still do that today when they can't think of another way of getting vital information across. I said it's the big thing is the side um, characters who are supposed to have some kind of emotional fit, uh, impact. None of them land, but it's a Van Damme movie. You know you're not here to watch. His boss, he's a watch Van Dam play Van Dam. <laughs> both, both versions of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like it's good fun. Like I enjoyed it. I had a smile on my face the whole time. Like as I said, yeah, there's a Van Dam checklist. In fact, you could probably come up with a drinking game for this. Yep. Like a list of like so you can get to Van Dam bingo. Like it's... splits, high <laughs> kick, drink, yeah. drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, doubles of himself. Uh, there's it, there's a gratuitous sex scene at the start of the movie because it was the nineties, um, like punching someone in the nuts. That's a very damn move. Uh, using weapons, like a lot of weapons, like the the weapons, the futuristic guns, for some reason are bulbous and like quite large. Like they've just strapped something onto a modern gun to make it look indistinguishable. But yeah, it's it's all yeah, fun. The, it's just not the, yeah. On is, that, yeah. This the, is your Friday Saturday night movie. Just throw it on, yeah. no kids around, because it is it is adult and not I mean, just it, the tone. it is it is. But just on what you were talking about, the guns there. Yeah, they've not done too much to make it look futuristic. Like when you got Van Damme from the future, he's wearing a Casio watch. You yeah. Know, so the, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it, it's a product of its time. And, you know, I'm going to come in like you with a three out of five. Well, that's okay. Like, it is a solid three out of five. Not every film needs to be a five. Like, this film, it is what it needs to be. 
It yeah. is a fun action film. There's time travel. There's Van Damme. I recommend this movie to people. It is a fun time. And if you want to know what Van Damme is capable of, he does it all here. He's doing yeah. all of it. The one line is the high kick, the splits. He's, he's yeah, doing this is all a of highlight it. reel. <laughs> That's right. And, and he's and he's doing it, he's doing it as well. And it's a fun movie. It is a fun movie. And I'm so glad that we've covered it. And for the two of us, not knowing until recently, it actually is a comic book movie, although it has been yeah. since 1994. <laughs> yeah. But on the concept, it seems like a no-brainer for a current TV series. Like there's so many police procedurals and that kind of stuff. And it each one work. is trying yeah. struggling to stand out. Like you've got a, your hook. These are cops in time. They go backwards and forwards and things change. Like they are time cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so obvious. I can't believe it hasn't been adapted I, I, to a honestly, TV series. I, I like it. I, I, I just I just like this film, but at the same time, it is what it is. It is a three out of five, but I like the title. I like the cast, the visuals, the time travel logic. If you meet your future self and you touch, you will merge. And it's just, and yeah, and that happens to Ron Silver. It, it is, it is what it is. This movie, it's a fun time. I, yeah, I do like this. Well, that's it for our review all about Time Cop. If you would like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.